welcome to For What It's Worth. Wait, wait, we're doing this thing? Today we are going deep and exploring your furry <clears throat> fandom. I just want you to know that you're all perverts. I don't know what I'm doing here. Penetrating your mind with our probing questions. I'm an innocent fox here. Actually, you guys are streaming live. Oh. Woo! So we are Where? live. So, I want to see you fix this episode. Speaking of which, here are two probes, Rue and Tugs. And Rue doesn't And read this is Rue. Rue Cheesy Lexico. I am here. And Tugs is over there. Hello, Tugs. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. This is different. Yes, it is so different. In fact, it's so different that we are going to talk about... I don't know. I'm just failing on this today. How are you doing? I'm good. Let me help you out. Welcome to For What It's Worth, everybody. Pardon the last 30 minutes. Rue's brain is booting up. I think he has more RAM coming. I'm um, tired. <laughs> yeah, it's been a day. Uh, we're recording on a different night, so we're all slightly off vibe. Uh, but anyway, as Rue said, that's him. I'm Tugs. He's in Salt Lake. I'm in Seattle. We also have several introductions to make, but we'll start with just one, which is Nuka, who is protocast. You are like my left testicle, Nuka. You guys nailed that intro. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Retired. I appreciate it. I was actually going to do something silly, but I ran out of time. Oh, so you just like brain farted everywhere? No, I was You're going to. I was going to sing the Neverending Story song, but I, I couldn't pull up the lyrics. So uh, turn around. <laughs> well, <laughs> this episode's title is maybe they're born with it. Maybe it's sex. So. Rue, you're writing right now. I can see your cursor blinking in the show notes, but just tell me, what the fuck have you been up to? So, I've been up to a lot of things. I've just been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed, to be honest. Um, I also tried out our our local convention that we have here in Utah, Awu. I went out to that for a little bit. How was it? Um, it was all right. It was good. It was a Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes type um, furry thing and they actually had a t-shirt with Sherlock Holmes smoking on it and I was like oh my gosh I can't believe it like there's a lot of conventions that are absolutely against any of their characters wearing their t-shirts um, showing any form of smoking at all and so to have Utah be like um, actually, like showing Sherlock Holmes smoking—that's kind of interesting. I, so I feel like that's really a Utah thing. I really do. What? The whole no smoking on shirts thing, because like, there's anime characters that smoke and stuff, and I've seen plenty of shirts of those. Well, no, they actually had a shirt that had oh, Sherlock like an Holmes official smoking. shirt. Yes, it was oh, official. I I it was an official vendor. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so, no, that, that is cool. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I also went out to uh, the Fuzzy Logic escape room. If you ever ha go to a convention and you um, have a minute, definitely stop in um, and check out the Fuzzy Logic ex escape room. I love, I love escape rooms. I love puzzles. I'm I'm pretty good at escaping, except if you um, have me try to escape with my coworkers and they're just dumb as nails. And anyways, so. <laughs> Um, but that's pretty much all that I've been up to. So, Tugs, what have you been up to? Um, 
I have breaking news. I like that we actually have like a breaking news bumper. Um, anyway, Disney released more bullshit. And I feel like that's really important news. So of course I bought it all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what did, what did you buy from your, your bolt? They have a Mr. Um, Carrot. They have blankets. They have a mug that has bolt running on it. And it says, this dog is my hero, which is true in my case. It's, it's so nice to see him get a little bit of love, but now they put out these new plush where like, he looks like someone shoved a really deep needle of crack up his ass and his collar on the tag. It doesn't say bolt. It just is some stupid disc. Um, so we don't count that. That's a non-canonical canonical plush. Um, beyond that, I have been, I'm just on this kick today. Um, I finally wrapped up season two of DuckTales and, oh, that last episode was so good. So good. So if you haven't been watching what, it, the moon I don't. Song? What? The, the moon song? No, 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 no. There's more. There's like four more episodes after that. Um, yeah, no, there's a, I don't want to ruin it because it's the whole premise of the episode. Um, but yeah, you should totally watch season two of DuckTales. It's worth it. Nuka, what have you been up to? I know a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We, uh, research team and I went down to the last BronyCon ever, which was kind of bittersweet to be at, to say the least. Um, we did some research there. We, uh, you know, sling in our new book. We did, uh, put together a book on Brony, so that's coming out. Uh, in September, so we got a lot of interest in that. Did a couple of research talks, did some some research there, uh, and I've been gearing up for Euroferns, uh, which is coming up soon. So, uh, research team is going there. So I'm just doing a lot of traveling, and uh, I guess relevant to the episode today, I've also been uh, uh, preparing a course on psychology of sex. So it kind of works pretty well. Now, are you going to be doing any hands-on study in at Euroferns with this sexual oh study? Uh, yeah, we're passing around, uh, survey, I think not, I think we've got a few physical surveys, but mostly it'll be linking people to the online survey. We're doing a huge, large scale, uh, survey, trying to get as representative a sample of the furry fandom as possible. So we'll be doing a lot of that. If you see us at, at Euroference, we'll be throwing surveys at people's faces. How many responses have you had thus far? Uh, I think we're well over 1500. I think we're pushing close to 2000 right now. So pretty pretty healthy survey good cool good, good good do you have any highlights you were telling us one us one off the air and i really wanted to hear you finish it so rewind about this parade you were talking about <laughs> yeah so uh we feel sort of like vultures at the brony convention because one of the the novelties of studying the fandom is that the show is coming to an end and no one has really done a psychological study of of what happens to fans as the the show that they're a fan of comes to an end so we're really um starting that and it was kind of funny because at the middle of this convention there was an impromptu fursuit parade there was a panel on how to become a furry there and ironically i wasn't giving it and then uh i'm in the middle of the dealer's room and suddenly i see this impromptu fursuit parade come sort of piling through and uh they're probably about 40 or 50 fursuiters and it was it was great advertising for the furry fandom because there were signs that were like uh the end is near jump jump ship and, and join the furry fandom or bronies are just furry light and so uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we see a few more Bronies at the upcoming conventions. But I know that uh, yeah, with BronyCon being gone, there's a bit of a void there. So, and we've predicted that uh, for a while that as the Brony fandom starts to to fade away a little bit, 
bunch of them will, will hopefully find a, a home in the furry fandom. Well, we have plenty of room for homeless animals and little horses. <laughs> Friendship horses. And, and Care Bears. What is with you and Care Bears today? <laughs> How many Care Bears are there? Uh, I don't know, but I'm pushing this button. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. All right, here's another half-baked cookie fortune for you. What's a half-baked cookie we'll fortune? Just open it right up. Let's see, it says, you will die alone and poorly dressed in bed with a cookie. I love it. I love it. I have a cast announcement to make in the housekeeping. Don't let me forget, okay? Now, this. All right, Rue, it's your next chance. Let's see if you've got what it takes to bring us back. Hi, I'm new here. Nailed it. What is going on? (laughs) Are you trying to be that unicorn in the pooping commercial? Oh, that that unicorn? That unicorn in in that commercial is amazing. I know. They have plush of him now. I know. I know. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. At Dave and Buster's. And it's like a little string that's attached to it. And you can just pull it out. I wonder if... I wonder if... They're like have a promotional deal where like they make their food extra shitty and then like they have those little unicorns to be like, hey, you could make it easier. I went off this ride. <laughs> this ride is now going down a new tunnel. Let's introduce our next person. Our next person is Adelor, Eater of Souls. I've been shaking my head this whole this whole segment so far. I just want to let you know. Run. Why? Just just run. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. Why did I let you broke me into this? Because you like rope? <laughs> Say your damn character last name. Solthair. I always, seriously, I read it and I'm like, I know that's not what it is, but my head goes Soul Eater every fucking time. You know, that's, that's like, kind of a cool pseudonym. I'll take it. <laughs> no, that makes it sound like you're eating like babies and stuff. So tell no. us about yourself. Who are you? Um, I live north of Tugs. Um, I am within driving distance of hitting him in the face with a pillow. So that's cool. So um, why is it that you're not in the Seattle studio? Tugs. Traffic. Uh, yeah, well, traffic is terrible, um, and we had this plan to do it Sunday, and I think neither of us remembered to remind each other, the other one that it was going to happen, so now we're here on Wednesday. Yay! It, it's an, it's about an hour, so it's It's, it's really ride. not that bad. I don't care. That's why I always tell people, like, yes, I'm up north, like, way up north, but I'll drive to visit people. Like, I'll go to Renton or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. You mm-hmm. used to come drive down to Orem when we were down in the Orem's studio. I know. <laughs> and right, that was an so hour how, away. How long have you been a furry, Adelor? Um, I think it's actually been like 17 years, because I want to say I first stumbled upon uh, the fandom back in like, when I was like 16, 17, um, on old sites like... Uh, uh, was it a VCL and Fur Nation? Like those old sites? <laughs> wow, yeah. I haven't thought about VCL in a long time. Right. 
Um, mm. but that was, that was my, uh, my first idea of like, wow, this is kind of cool. And somehow I identified with foxes and 17 years later, that hasn't changed. I died a little Yay. inside realizing that listeners, like had to listen and it's going to be like, what's a VCL? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of people listening are like no idea what those sites are. Definitely. It was, it's like a bulletin board. It was like CompuServe. <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know what VCL is. Ugh. Tell Why me do I have what the is horns VCL? on the soundboard right now. <laughs> I know what Second Life is. <laughs> Stop it! Get some help. Yay! <laughs> That'll do. Uh, Wait, that was a downer. I know. What the hell? I'm trying it? to host the show with you. Um, all right. So this topic is sex and connection. And guess what? We don't have to read an email to start because we have an audio clip. Now, I'm going to warn you guys, I didn't run it through the filter, so it might be quiet or it might be loud. I sent an email on the upcoming show topic, Sex and Connection, but it was not very specific. Let's get specific. Communication makes me feel connected. Being present makes me feel connected. For example, I like to ask what others want at the moment. Wants change with mood and time. I try not to assume I know because of a past session. This doesn't mean the other will get what they want. I may not be into the activity at that moment. But the very act of asking acknowledges the other has worth and is not an object. This simple act of communication is more special than any physical act. And I like them to do the same for me. This does have a downside. Being real means being vulnerable at the same time. But this vulnerability may lead to the fantastic feeling of being connected, or not. Only taking the chance in this session will tell. As for porn, it may do something for other furs, but it just makes me feel more disconnected. Much promise, no delivery. Any whore, here is my wrap-up line. Non-personal life dehumanizes and objectifies everyone daily in many ways. I want to be humanized in my sexual cuddling. I want to humanize the other in our sexual cuddling. How do I do that? I treat them like a separate worthy fur with unique points of view and desires that deserve to be heard and considered. I listen to them, not to my inner voice of assumption. That was Timid Grizzly, or TG. He's a longtime listener of the show and is in California. Thank you for sending in that voice clip. It's always fun to play those. I will now pass the baton to Rue. I don't know what else to say. I think that that's all that we need to say about this topic. The <laughs> episode is done. I'm ah, just kidding. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, ta Boy, that was thanks, easy. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Speed run record. I, I relate Let's... to him. I really do. I, I relate I, to him. I do too. You know why? So I'm now going to get like super real and heavy because we do that sometimes which is I am in the midst of my own personal struggle with like the vulnerability, the validation and all that risk that comes with sex. And I historically have not had the greatest relationship with it because I couldn't define it. But I will say like the whole act of being asked is so validating on a level that I need to work on. But like, holy crap, I get what he's saying. I agree with you, Tugs. When it comes to, um, I mean, definitely what Grizz is saying is he's he's talking about, um, you know, being able to have that connection with with that person versus just you know, 
I mean, I, I can see where he's coming from, where um, pornography for him just kind of doesn't do much for him. Um, but, you know, having that connection, building that connection with per with the person before any, um, before you have that sexual connection, uh, I, I think it really hits home to me. I don't know. What, what does the guests think? Adelor, what do you think? Um, I've found over time that it it can vary by the person. Like some people I'll I'll meet and just be like instantly smitten with them and I know that they I wouldn't have to really get to know them that much to have a good time with them. But usually it it goes a lot better if if there is some sort of a connection. Um and that connection doesn't have to necessarily be like uh, like actually uh, like an attraction. Um either I mean, usually you talk physically with attraction, but there are other um, like attractions for certain personality types or whatever. But that connection could just be like a common interest, like like meeting over over a board game at a convention, and then you like you exchange telegrams or something, and then you keep talking, and then you, maybe the next day you find yourselves like in bed together, and that that that's in the, that's one way it could go. Um, but it sounds like yeah. you're speaking from experience, huh? Uh, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to judge Board you because games you have sex. Board is the way to your heart and to your bedroom. <laughs> you should judge me as hard as you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm oh trying my. to make you suck my battleship joke, and I just, it's not, I'm not getting it, but it's somewhere in there is a good you suck my battleship joke. Well, then you have to pay <laughs> penance now and tell us what science says about this so far. Okay, yes, yeah, so I had two thoughts on it. Do you want the, the nerdy psychological answer here? <laughs> I, I will say that two two things come to mind that are touched on by that uh, that that clip. The first one that comes to mind is um, the thing that you don't get with pornography is the the physical contact element, and it's not just uh, sort of a hippy dippy oh physical touch is so so spiritual. And there's there's legitimate science showing the release of the hormone oxytocin, uh, which facilitates bonding. It's uh, it's sometimes called the cuddle hormone. Uh, because it's yeah, when you when it's released, when there's touching, when there's intimacy, it facilitates trust and bonding in people, and it's it's what allows us to go from uh, a night of of passionate sex to that long term bonding. And so the release of oxytocin is something you just don't get from something like uh, pornography. But there's also uh, this idea of reciprocal self disclosure. It's called um, the idea that if you want to build intimacy and closeness. Uh, with someone, one of the best ways to do that is to put yourself out there, is to show a little bit of vulnerability and then have it reciprocated, accepted and validated and reciprocated. So the idea, um, if you've ever been on a first date and you've put yourself out there, you tell a slightly embarrassing story about yourself and the person laughs and then tells a somewhat embarrassing story about themselves, that that building on each other's vulnerability and, and showing that it's okay uh, is one of the fastest ways to build intimacy in a relationship. And so I think that, yeah, you hit it on the, hit the nail on the head. There's sort of two elements there uh, that both have been scientifically shown to, to foster trusting and intimacy and closeness between people, uh, and neither of which you get from, from something like pornography, which is like scratching an itch, but it's lacking that uh, much more sort of fulfilling element to it. I feel that. I feel that a lot. I... So how do you feel that? Well... So libido, I feel, is a little bit like eating and breathing. And it's like this thing that 
you do regularly. Like you have to get off regularly because otherwise you just get like consumed by it. Your body's like, you must spread your seed. And, and mine actually says it like that. And, um, so like, I get it. It's like, man, sometimes it's nice just to like go for a long walk on the internet and scratch the itch. And then sometimes you're like, I need someone right here right now. And I need to do it for real. And like, it's very, very, very different in terms of satisfaction. Like, well, I was going to like, like, you just have this, this primal urge. Like you can tell that it's like, this is what you really want. And it's, it's interesting actually. Um, I've, I've read some stuff here and there um, about like how our body is like, they'll crave things and, and those cravings can be like really indicative of like an actual, not just something you want, but something you can actually need. Usually that pertains more to like, like a uh, food deficiency. Nutrition. nutrition. Yeah. Like if you have a crave or something specific, it's because your body actually wants it. But I, I would not be surprised if that like really has some good correlation into like sexual needs. Well, I, I know that, um, and, and Nuka, please, please back me up with, um, with facts here. But I, as far as I understand, um, when I went to my college courses, I mean, definitely the, um, the human body, the human psyche needs to have some form of, hu- uh, of connection of some form of human connection. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of different things you can point at. One of which is that it's, it's a f- fundamental, not necessarily for like physical touch per se, but uh, well, I'll get in that into a second, but yeah, one of our, our very uh, hardwired needs is for connection to other people is that sense of social bonding and connection and community. Uh, we're a social species, whether we realize it or not, the thing that allowed us to survive on the, the Serengeti wasn't being the fastest or the strongest. It was having an entire tribe full of people uh, to work from and learn from and adapt with. And so built right into our, our psyche is this innate need, the sensitivity to are there people around? Do I have that sense of bonding and closeness with people? Um, do I feel that sense of intimacy with people? And when you don't have it, it's it's just like hunger. It's just like thirst. It's it's uh, a drive is there that that sort of it's your body's way of pushing and saying, look, we we need this. There's this evolutionarily driven need for it. So much so, in fact, that they've done studies looking at the effects of touch on infants. And sure enough, infants who are touched by their parents or caregivers, um, that creates that sense of bond and connection. And in fact, children who aren't touched and aren't handled and don't experience any of that physical contact with their parents uh, often tend to be uh, underweight and, and in some cases even uh, end up dying from the lack of, of touch and, and contact. And so right from a very young age, we are a, a species that needs that, that connection to other people. So I want to ask, how do you think that that correlates to sex? I mean, sex is one of the, the, the sort of, I mean, if you imagine touch, like even like a hug or, or uh, just like a, a pat on the, the shoulder can release a little bit of oxytocin, right? So physical contact uh, releases that. So sex is just like the, the distilled, prolonged version of that, right? If a, if, a, if a handshake or a hand on the shoulder can elicit a little bit of oxytocin release, you're having, you know, your entire body pressed up against someone else, or to to have that 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 rush of of endorphins that comes from an orgasm with someone. Um, that's like the concentrated drug version of that. Yeah, it's like a it's like a concentrated hit. It's a dab. 
It's 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 a difference no, between <laughs> it's no. it's the difference between getting like you know satiating your need for nutrition with a, a you know fat, a McDonald's cheeseburger versus a full five course meal. You know, one of those has more will last longer and is more has more to it than the yeah, other. Yeah, like the latter, you want to, you get out of that and you just want to like have a two hour food coma. Um, <laughs> I hate <laughs> smoke. Same, same same with like the difference between just 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 masturbating once at versus like being in bed with like one of your best friends for an hour or two. Like I like to take a nap after I've had some really good sex. Like it, it, it wears me out. It's extremely satisfying, you know, actually fun, fun fact about that. So some sexologists have recently Time suggested sexologists? that, um, yeah, sexologists. Yeah. I'm, okay. in the, I'm in the wrong career. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. All right. Continue. <laughs> it's, so, but they, they've done, um, there's a really wonderful theory that suggests that, um, yes, it's true. A lot of people after they orgasm, uh, they, they fall asleep. There's that sort of stereotype, but there's some truth to it. And it's been suggested that one of the reasons for that is to help facilitating the cuddling and the bonding and the release of hormones uh, like oxytocin. And so, yeah, you, when you have, you know, crazy good sex and you have that orgasm and you get tired afterwards, that's kind of your body's way of saying, yes, sleep next to this person, skin to skin contact. And we're just going to release, just pour you full of uh, of oxytocin, so you feel this sense of trust and bonding with this person. It, it may be evolutionarily hardwired for us to do that. That is, that is really super neat. I love it. <laughs> I know my mind just went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. So don't so like... don't feel guilty if if that happens to you. If you if you after you you orgasm you get really tired and fall asleep. Don't don't feel bad or feel ashamed for that. Despite the stereotypes and the. The, the the jokes that are made about it that's that's supposed to happen <laughs> see i i i just feel like that sometimes i'm just a needy like i feel like i'm a needy person when it comes to having that that physical connection and and, and you know when it comes to the relationship that me and my yes. second as 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 tux that was your likes mistake. to call it i just want you to remember <laughs> that continue you know, our relationship isn't necessarily a huge physical connection, but we still have those intimate moments where, you know, like, for instance, every night me and him shower together. It's just something that we do. It's kind of a little ritual that we we have, and that's kind of our little bonding time. And let me tell you, whenever I like maybe I'm sitting on the couch and I'm laying there and he just comes over and just kisses me on the head. It could just be that. And um I mean, I, it almost feels like I just got a hit of caffeine, like, and I, and that's, that's probably the, what, what were they called again? I'm sorry. Uh, so endorphins like oxytocin. Yeah. yeah oxytocin. Well, and it's uh, actually oxytocin is a hormone, not an endorphin, but yeah, the, the, uh, I mean, it, it really is. You look at uh, everything from, from infatuation, it's using your dopamine system it's it very much is sort of like your body's way of hijacking your addiction system. When you describe things like infatuation, people say, "Oh, it's like I, I'm addicted to this person." It's yeah, it's because you're literally using your body's reward system uh, in service of facilitating connections to people. So it it yeah, when you describe it like a drug or like uh, like caffeine or something, that's literally because it's the same sensors, the same parts of your your brain are activating uh, in your your limbic system. <laughs> interesting it uh, that just that just gives me so many answers that's <laughs> <laughs> what i'm here for so so what would you say okay this is probably going left field and please stop me what would you say like what's the chemical 
compounds of love? Uh, it depends on whether you're talking about um, sort of long because when you get into the research on it, there's actually different kinds of love. And I always joke around with my students and I say, okay, well, is the love you feel for your pet dog the same as the love you feel for your parents or for your siblings or for your, your romantic partner? And I, you know, people say, uh, yeah, in, in which case, help. you know, that yeah, – yeah, get some help. Um, but yeah, but you can still feel powerful emotions, but they are, they are distinctly different flavors of love. And yeah, they can be tied to different combinations of things like dopamine and oxytocin. I, I often say that dopamine is the um, – the the biological underpinning of infatuation that that dizzy uh i just met this person and this is crazy but i love this person oh we're going to be together forever um that really passionate crazy uh infatuation kind of love but oxytocin is really what undermines uh or rather it sort of underpins the uh the long-term bonding it's the difference between that really hot kind of love versus that calm content all is good with the world kind of love hmm so have they done any kind of studies so, as far as like, does this vary in any way for asexuals, demisexuals? And, you know, there's a whole spectrum of labels, but have you have, is there any data for that? Um, off the top of my head, I can't name a study, but I do know, for example, that um, there's a misconception people often have that uh, asexuality equals, you know, aromantic, which is not true at all. Um, so one of the, the, the misconceptions is that a person who's, who's asexual can't possibly be in a romantic relationship. And that's just not true. Uh, an asexual person may find the act of partnered sex to be unappealing. Um, they may still engage in, in masturbation. Um, but the idea of partnered sex really doesn't necessarily appeal to them, but they can still build intimacy in other ways. We talked about, uh, already the idea of, uh, reciprocal self-disclosure, sharing a little bit about yourself and having someone else share themselves with you, you can build a very close, romantic, intimate relationship and just not need the sex to underpin it. So um, my guess would be that you just get that that um, that connection from other places besides the hit of oxytocin you get from from orgasm or, or um, sexual touch. I mean, you're just cuddling could be enough to give you that. Adler, have you had any any perspective experiences? Honestly, I've just I've never been aware of these labels on this level till like probably the last couple of years and I haven't been getting around. So I don't know. I'm not saying you're a slut. I'm just saying, do you have experience <laughs> with other people? It's okay. You're calling him a Fox. Is that what you're calling him? You're just saying he's a, he's a typical innocent Fox. I'm just like me. So I'm half Fox and also not just usual Fox. I mean, Kitsune are different. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, were you asking more specifically, like about, like talking about asexuals? Uh, well, I, I mean anyone. I mean, I I figure there's like de facto normal sexual. <laughs> excuse me. And um, then there's like people who want to have like deeper connections before they open up sexually. There's people who mm. are just like, eh, I can get off with you if you like it, but it's not my thing. Um, which would be the asexuals in a rough way. Um, but yeah, do you have you encountered people who have different tastes like that uh yeah it, it my discovery of asexuality was really interesting actually because i i my brain initially thought was like oh well they, they just don't like any sort of sexual activity at all which is entirely not true in most cases um they like i know some people who just don't like vanilla sex and they and they don't 
usually don't like so much of like the uh, like the physical touching, but they're like kinky as hell. Um, and and that's learning about that really opened my eyes and kind of it's like there are labels, sure, but it's but there are so many like sub labels within that and like overlapping like venn diagrams with extra spectrum graphs coming off of them it's it's a complicated mess Hmm. um but yeah there's there's all kinds of people out there and i've I've definitely run into all kinds um they're they're the they're the kinds of people i can i don't do much for honestly for hookups anymore but in earlier years i would i i could meet someone online and within like an hour or two just be like going at it and then maybe we don't talk again or maybe we hook up once or twice more and that was that was satisfying for a while it it, it stopped becoming satisfying after a certain point and that was i started getting a little bit older and realizing that i did like actually connecting with people um yeah well you you may also want to control i'm sorry that's i didn't want to jump in uh, you may also want to keep in mind, uh, sort of as a, a point of contrast here, uh, the term demisexual, a person who is uh, finds it difficult to become sexually involved with someone unless there is that romantic sense of intimacy or connection first, uh, which shows sort of another angle or another dimension of complexity to it. So for some people, uh, the sex is how you get the sense of intimacy and connection to people. For other people, sex can't happen until the connection and intimacy is there in the first place. Would you say that that's the majority no, of society? No. Mm. Um, probably not, I would say. I, I, I think for these things, it's helpful to think not in terms of categories, but in terms of dimensions. Um, to try to categorize a person as, you know, I am you know, entirely demisexual or not is probably a misnomer. It's probably a, a matter of to what extent on, the, on a continuing sliding scale from I don't need any intimacy at all to have sex with a person to I absolutely need, need it there every single time. Um, people will fall in various places I, I on that I dimension. Sit on that scale. So yeah, no, it's true. There's some people I can be like, yeah, cool. And then there's other people are, and, and it's more of that lately where it's like, I really got to know and trust you to go to like, you know, that kind of place. Yeah. Well, even to add it, even another dimension, because we psychologists love our complexity. Uh, another dimension of complexity is, uh, we can't just talk about these in terms of individual differences, but even within the same person that can change from context to context, to relationship to relationship, maybe with one person, you absolutely need that sense of connection to be there first, but maybe for another person or in another context or another time in your life, right. that's absolutely not the case. So trying to, to paint a person with a single label, uh, you're kind of missing all of this nuance and subtlety and, and uh, this dynamic nature of, of hmm. sexuality. In the kink community, I have had um, some experiences to to meet, you know, a whole bunch of different individuals. And um, one individual that I ran into who was asexual, I mean, all he wanted, he was, he was an older gentleman, and all he wanted was just, like, a partner or, or somebody to just come in and just That's cute. cuddle with him. That's all that he wanted. And... Um, yeah, it was cute. And, and I don't know why I brought it up, but it, oh, yeah, it kind yeah, of pertains yeah. like, to the conversation that we're talking about is that there's definitely different forms of connection and definitely it doesn't need to necessarily be the outright, you know, sex to be yeah. able to have that. Connection. All right. Well, anyway, it's time for break. We've got to have some new space news ready for you. I think we'll have 50 Shades of Grey. It's back. Um, and whatever else we've come up with for the middle. So we'll see you on the other side. 
Hailing frequencies open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Thursday, August 8th, here are your space headlines. It's been a while since the last update, so we'll go through a few items kinda fast, and we'll go through three SpaceX stories first. SpaceX recently flew an expendable Falcon 9 Block 5, don't worry, it had flown a couple of times prior, on the Amos 17 mission, which went off without a hitch. Amos 17 might sound familiar because Amos 6 was the mission where the rocket exploded while on the pad due to interaction between solid oxygen and the material of the carbon overwrap pressure vessel, known as the COPV. While the first stage wasn't recovered, one half of the fairing was successfully caught by the recovery ship, Miss Tree, and there's great footage of this. Before that, SpaceX performed a test on their Starhopper test article. It's basically just a water tower with a rocket engine and landing legs. It flew up a short distance, translated to the side, then settled down even more gently than they expected. It also caused a brush fire. They're calling this a successful test and plan to do another test very soon to see the vehicle fly even higher. And not that long ago, SpaceX announced that going forward, they will only fly missions using the new Dragon 2 capsule, retiring the predecessor from service. This will simplify manufacturing and will also help prove the safety of the vehicle before humans start flying on it, hopefully later this year. The Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, or TESS for short, has gotten a mission extension. It's only halfway through its primary mission, and already it's found tons of new exoplanets and provided gobs and gobs of data, yes, that is the technical phrasing, for scientists to bubble and foam over. I love that we have a mission like this and hope we get a successor before it gets retired, like how TESS succeeded Kepler. The Planetary Society recently announced that LightSail has been a success. LightSail is a CubeSat designed to test the viability of solar sail technology. It was put into low Earth orbit and deployed its sail perfectly. Great footage of this happening can be found online. After that, it was supposed to raise its orbit simply by orienting the sail so that it would catch solar wind. And it worked! It will eventually re-enter and burn up. This paves the way for potentially using the technology for other vehicles. Remember how I said a while back that NASA was considering dropping a crucial test fire of the SLS first stage and just perform it on the launch pad out at Florida once the rocket was fully assembled but wouldn't be as thorough a test? Yeah, they decided the extra five months it would take to do so was too necessary to ignore. They're going to assemble the full first stage, test fire it at Stennis in Mississippi, let it run for the full eight minutes planned, then they will comb over all the data to make sure everything works just as it should. They cited safety and reliability benefits, which you kind of want to have so you don't see your rocket explode just before it flies its maiden mission. I'm certainly not surprised in the slightest, and while it does delay the launch of Artemis 1, I am totally cool with them being safe. Just a couple of days prior to this recording, SmallSat launcher Rocket Lab announced that they are intending to make the first stage of their Electron rocket reusable. Now don't get all excited thinking you're going to see a Falcon 9 style propulsive landing, cause that's not how Electron works. Instead, the first stage will re-enter, deploy a sort of balloon parachute device that will help slow it down once it's deep enough in the atmosphere, then deploy a full parachute in the shape of a wing to make it sail forward. Then a helicopter will come and pluck it out of the air before it splashes down and set it down on a recovery ship. The primary reason why they hadn't originally discussed this was because of the difficulty in getting through what they call the wall, which is the process of returning through the atmosphere and dealing with the aerodynamic stress and heating involved. They've gathered a bunch of data so far, plan to gather even more data, then try recovering a first stage, hopefully later this year. The primary driving force behind this isn't so much dropping launch cost, since SpaceX is seriously undercutting other small sat and CubeSat launch costs since they announced their own rideshare program, but to meet the launch cadence they wish to hit. They want to launch once a week, and if they can recover a rocket at least once, that effectively doubles their production rate. I cannot wait to see this happen. 
And that's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. Hey, this is Jake Fox, the monochromatic polymetic, reaching your ear holes from Wichita, Kansas, and you are listening to For What It's Worth. Having a reaction to the show topic so far? We want to hear about it. Send your response to this episode and get involved in the discussion. Cast at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com So am I going to be doing all the openings throughout the whole entire I episode? to get it right. Is That's that what I what want. Is that what it is? Okay. Yes. Well, God damn it. Welcome back. <laughs> let's get the patron. Let's let's thank the people that actually make our show run. Get to it, Okay. Doug. Here we go. We want to thank everyone who supports <laughs> us on Patreon. Yes. We want to name our Patronuses. So... <laughs> Here we go. We want to thank Ligris, Moss, Aussie Cat, Chapagriff, Snares, Skylos, August Otter, Kachi, Guardian Lion, Dusky, I always remember just in time, Baldrick, <laughs> Rifka, <laughs> Ichi, Kit, and Jake Fox. We have so many names, we might not be able to do this on the air much longer if we get more people. How? But I don't know. But anyways, let me finish my spiel. So, if you want to support the show and be a Patronus, go to patreon.com slash fwiw. Yeah, we got it before everybody else got it. So, do that and we will read your name on the air if you pay us enough. Sell your soul today! I love our Patronuses. Uh, my Patronuses is a penis. So, speaking of penises... <laughs> Actually, I have to. I have to take a quick poll because this is a sex episode. Has anyone screamed "expecto patronum" in orgasm yet? No. 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 <laughs> I hope Who I never. Who's offended? Why would you say that? However, I do want to point out that um, in doing. S- okay, here you go. Here's bedroom to- talk with Rue. I like making sure that at some point, like when we're getting in the groove of things, I totally. <laughs> totally just um make some sort of joke and make sure that at some point people are cracking up and laughing making sure that they're having a good time but still anyways this why is, is the music playing <laughs> because it sounded magical <laughs> it's not magical it's just ruse sex time <laughs> i'm uncomfortable okay, <laughs> right where we want to it's okay, okay so- i'll hold your hand let's continue talking about sex and connection. So um, you touched on something earlier Adelore and it kind of resonated with me, which is the intersection of kink with sexuality. Like some people, this has been a hard thing um, for me because I feel like I enjoy sex and it's very kinky. And I've never, not really said in my head that there are people who just want to be kinky and like, they don't care to get off. Like, to me, that is very alien. It's like that's that's how you turn the crank. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, I, I I understand exactly what you're talking about. Um, I want to point out. I think for a really good example on on 
on that is like um uh, particularly in bdsm context you look at uh like the sm part of that like um for masochists um there is and there is a great amount of innate satisfaction that comes from being on the receiving end of some kind of punishment and that can be as fulfilling as an orgasm if not better if they're like really wired up for it and that's just what does it so well for them um and i will i will say from personal experience that i can definitely have a great time with someone and not necessarily have to have an orgasm i've i've had it, like times with people where you could technically call it a failure where i didn't get off because i just got like too worn out or or I wasn't really feeling completely up to it or whatever, but I still had an absolutely great time with them. Like everything we did was still immensely pleasurable and I still come out of it feeling satisfied. Orgasm, may, uh, orgasm is not required for satisfaction. I have to, I tell people that and they, they sometimes get me and it's like, you know, you're right. Well, it might <laughs> uh, interest you to, to know that there's um, actually for a lot of uh, sex therapy, when, when couples go into sex therapists with with problems for one thing or another, um, very often sex therapy often involves reconceptualizing sex uh, without orgasm as the end goal. One of the first things they say is, "Okay, let's um, let's let's try things and let's build up to that." But but try having sex without orgasm as the end goal. Try intimacy. Try uh, touch. Try everything except going for orgasm. And once you get out of that mindset where sex uh, it is all about pursuing the orgasm and ends with the orgasm. Um, it opens up a lot more. Um, so I'm not surprised at all to hear that. And in fact, I would argue it can be therapeutic to think about sex that way. So this is a follow-up question. Um, and something that I just, I don't understand myself. I don't understand chastity belts or chastity, not chastity belts, like chastity cages, whatever i don't understand i don't understand it and the reason why i don't understand it is because in my own personal personal life like i'll be honest i don't necessarily i'm not the most sexual person i don't do a lot of stuff believe it or not i would just like to remind you about lady hot tubs anyways (laughs) well i go to those those hot tubs you know to be able to, to 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 do those things but i just don't understand And maybe it's me coming from a situation where I'm not necessarily in a relationship that has tons and tons of of sex. And so therefore it's like, when I finally get it, it's like, it's like the water in the desert. (laughs) So so for chastity, it's like, I just, I can't understand that because I already feel like that I kind of event i'm in chastity if that makes any sense <laughs> I, I i can give a bit of an answer but i don't know if adler wants to go first or wants no, to comment go for it absolutely okay give us the science um, <laughs> so for science. a lot of for a lot of paraphilias or kinks or fetishes uh, a great deal of the explanation for a lot of these things boils down to um what we sometimes call misattribution of arousal so a lot of people don't understand how, how emotions work. And part of it is you feel physiological arousal. Your heart races, your your mind kind of goes, and your body looks for an explanation for it. Why is my heart racing? Why are my, my hands sweating? Why do I feel shaky? And if there's a bear in front of you, you go, oh, crap, it must be fear that I'm feeling. Uh, if it's an attractive looking person in front of you, you go, I guess I must be like feeling really turned on. And so 
what what it means by extension is that anything that can that can get your your sense of arousal riled up can potentially be misconstrued or 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 twisted or or converted into sexual arousal so for example for things like um a shoe fetish right maybe maybe as a little kid you were hiding in your parents bedroom and you were afraid of getting caught and that thrill and excitement you know, became sexual arousal, right? It became misconstrued as sexual arousal. For things like masochism, uh, uh, they suggested things like if a child gets caught masturbating and gets spanked for it, that combination of sexual arousal with with a spanking, it becomes merged, right? And so the, the excitement becomes sexual pleasure. And so for something like chastity, if it's arousing, if, if the idea of it gets you physiologically aroused for some reason, right? It's exciting, it's scary, it's new, it's novel that can in the right context become sexualized that just sounds like a really fancy way of saying trauma does things i don't want to say trauma trauma i mean trauma is not the right word for it. anything that gets your heart racing right anything that's exciting i mean trauma can certainly be physiologically arousing but at the same time it's it's got it's, it's like seeing the bear in the woods right most of the time that arousal is is okay. associated with deeply unpleasant we're talking about when your heart is racing and your brain's going i don't know why i'm feeling this way and so you interpret it as as arousing perhaps and I'm glad uh, I, I, that because i feel like people would say oh okay that means a boner otherwise and that's or you know lady boner i don't know the right word sorry but like yeah. you know what i'm saying like i think that's an important distinction to make that arousal does not refer to an erection uh, well, physiological arousal typically involves things like an erection, but also things it, it's activation of the sympathetic nervous system, which includes a whole slew of bodily responses. Right? So again, heart racing, blood flowing, vasodilation. Um, yeah, it, it's your body's fight or flight response kicking in. And context is how you sort of interpret it and make sense of it and decide what, 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 what am I feeling right now? Um, I, I use the example uh, of, of cuckolding, right? People who are attracted to the idea of uh, seeing their partner with someone else. And that's a really good example of this because it's highly arousing, right? So um, jealousy, it, 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 we're, we respond very visibly, very strongly to jealousy. And whether you, whether you, you translate that into feelings of anger and hurt uh, feelings or into uh, feelings of, of arousal, it's just a matter of context and a matter of, you know, when did it happen and what, in what context is it happening? Uh, so a lot of people look at cuckolding and think, well, how can that possibly be arousing? Like, well, in the right context, you know, arousal is arousal is arousal. Heart racing is a heart racing. Whatever got that heart racing, if it's in the right context, can absolutely become physiological arousal and, and sexual arousal. But don't, but don't you think that there are some genetic predispositions to be into certain things? The, the evidence doesn't. I mean, only for a small handful of very specific things. So, for example, um, not, not to get too dark or, 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 or straight down some dark alleys here, but uh, uh, pedophilia. It's been suggested that there's possibly a genetic component to that, a small genetic component to that. Um, I believe exhibitionism might be another one where there may be a small genetic component to that. But we're talking fairly small genetic predispositions. Most of these things, the theory seems to be um, early exposure. You know, so, something happened in childhood or in adolescence. Um, that sort of kicked this off or created that initial association between this this unusual stimulus and sexual arousal. I ask that because I know for a lot of people, like, I can't see any kind of pattern. Um, but, like, people who are specifically into age play stuff, 
usually discover that one of their parents have been into it. And that's just an anecdotal data set, right? Like I, I'm just yeah. going to be skewing that, but that's why I ask. And that's interesting that there's really not often a genetic component, but um, I mean, one of the problems with, with, with looking at it that way is finding out your parents were into it is it's, it's perfectly confounded with um, something like openness to, to experience or open-mindedness, right? So if your parents were, were swingers or were really into, um, you know, very open and, and exploring in their sex, chances are they're also pretty open about, you know, and how they teach their kids about sex and, and those liberal attitudes. So you don't know if it's, is it the genetics that's causing it or is it just that you had parents who were open-minded and so they taught you that open-mindedness or taught you that, that more liberal kind of attitude. Hmm. Um, to do a proper genetic study really does involve a really large sample and involves things like twin studies or looking for genetic markers. And uh, yeah, the, the data is not really in on that yet, but that doesn't seem super compelling yet. Hmm. What were you going to say? So Ru? we've been answering. Go no, no, ahead. I was asking. I was asking you to go because I knew you had a question. So, so we've been asking uh, the question. So, where do sex and connection come together? I want to know the opposite to that answer. So, where do sex and connection um, disconnect people? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to jump in, or do you want? Do you, do you have a, a question lined up, or? Um, I think so, actually our, our email from Hayden ties into this really well. So let me read it real quick. Um, he says, ahead. Hey, for what it's worth and guess about the topic. I haven't really been physically involved in the sexual side of the fandom, but I have met a lot of furries in real life and most of them are now good friends of mine. But every now and again, I come across some bad apples. Even if someone isn't a furry, I try and allow them the chance to see the fandom for what it is and hope for the best. Sometimes, uh, that's all you can do when involved in other people's interests. Thanks for hearing my slight rant, but I've got to tune out. Um, and I think it's interesting because that's complete separation. So you're talking about when do they, what the opposite of being together would be separate, right? So Adler, what do you want to say? Say something. It's been 10 minutes. <laughs> um, no one needs to hear me for that long. I'm not sure I have anything great to add on that. Um, Let me ask you this then. Go ahead. Some people are super crazy sluts more power to them i wonder if they have gangrene sometimes mm. um, but that's the like i don't judge them for that like if that's what they do that's what they do and in some ways i admire them but right um that feels like it's devoid of connection it's just like fucking a get me off what do you, okay do you sure yeah it? um abs i i can't disagree with that it i feel like if you are having a lot of sex and it's all just hookups then uh, you're probably not making any great connections um I definitely didn't make really, really good connections with with a, with most of my like when I was still in the at an age of doing hookups, just random people. Um, I can't say I talked to any of those people anymore. Um, I definitely didn't talk to them much outside of getting together to have sex, if at all. Um, if, if after a few times they'd stop talking, go our separate ways, and that would be it. It's it's not i'm not saying that it's not it's definitely possible as we already said to make a connection after sex but it's it's entirely possible that having too much of it and focusing entirely on just just doing it with a lot of people like you're you're spreading yourself too thin like you're not giving yourself a chance to make the connection or maybe they've decided they don't want it maybe that's just all they want is just to have a lot of sex and like like you said more power to them that's cool like go for it have all the sex you want as long as you're safe with it 
Adler, have you had an experience where you maybe were was close to somebody, maybe had a close friendship, and and hasn't and you haven't necessarily did anything sexual with them, but then finally, you know, you did something with them sexually and you grew distant because of it. Has that ever happened to you? I can't I can imagine it has and maybe I've forgotten about it Um, I can't specifically recall but it it sounds absolutely plausible Um, I I could see that happening where I meet or I sorry to put no no it's fine Uh, it's uh, I, I feel bad for like not having a specific example of that but like I could see it happening where if I, if I've known someone for maybe like a year or two or more, like I've really gotten to know them just through a lot of chatting and then we meet up and actually do something and it just like something about it just, just is awkward or, or really weird or it doesn't quite go as expected. Um, or it turns out that they're like significantly different, like in person as compared to online. Um, like that, Which that I, could definitely, I'm guessing that happened like, a that lot could ruin a, that could outright ruin a friendship if it was like significant enough. Like, cause then you have like that first in-person really like intimate experience turns out to just be, it could just be outright bad. And that, that, that completely sullies that person in your, in your mind. And like, regardless of how your conscious may think, Oh, like you still want to like be friends with them and interact with them. It's on, on some subconscious level. You may just not be able to at that point. Oh man, take me in, Coach. I got like so much uh, that to was say. My, that was my tag. I, I, I was tagging I you was in just, so I hard. Was, I, I was just gonna give you the baton, Nuka. Go, go Run for it. it. Go for okay. it. Okay. So there's a few. There's a few things I can mention here. Um, so there's actually been a surprising amount of research on hookup culture, and and this idea of hookup culture and also friends with benefits, which are not the same thing. Um, so it's been found, for example, that among college students. Uh, but like approximately 60 to 75% of college students uh, have had at least one hookup. So it's, it's surprisingly common. And among those who do it, on average, it's like eight to 10 times they've done it. So um, it's fairly common, especially among younger people, to have these kinds of hookups. As to whether or not it's um, uh, uh, bad or doesn't lead to, to connections, we can look, for example, at something more like... Um, friends with benefits kinds of relationships. Uh, and what the research tends to find is that there are um, major sort of sex differences in terms of how it ends up panning out, the trajectory of those relationships. Uh, very often what they tend to find is that they're not very stable, right? So when, when you're you're in sort of a friends with benefits relationship, usually it ends up going somewhere or it fizzles out. And what they tend to find is that it's uh, males who tend to kind of want it to stay in, in a sexual place and that's it. And it's, it's females who tend to want it to sort of getting into it in the hopes that maybe it will, the intimacy will build over time and become something more of a serious relationship. Um, so there's, there's those kinds of differences. They tend to last though, not, not terribly long on average. Uh, we're talking about typically a year tops for a lot of friends of benefits relationships before you either sort of go back to being friends or something happens and it kind of just fizzles the relationship and sort of wasn't meant to be kind of thing. Um, the other thing I was going to mention too in terms of whether sex can sort of 
be a source of connection or a source of separation. One of the things they find uh, when looking at, at say, sex therapists again, is that the problem isn't so much with um, how much sex the couple is having or how little sex they're having or with what they're interested in. What matters a lot more is the discrepancy between them. So, uh, for example, as long as you and your partner are kind of on the same page with your expectations, with the, you know how much you want sex, with what kind of sex you want, sex can be incredibly bonding and, and, and facilitate intimacy. But if there's a discrepancy there, if one person wants lots of it and one person doesn't want very much, or if one person wants really kinky sex and one person really doesn't want that, then that's going to be a source of instability and a source of discord in that relationship. Ooh, okay. I'm, I, no, no, no. Oh, I'll let other people talk. Now. No, no, no. So... <laughs> Pornography. Do you feel like that sometimes pornography um, can because sometimes people have have um, a certain fantasy, and especially in the furry fandom, there's tons of pornography that's out there of their characters and, and different things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fetishes. There's a lot of fantasy that's involved in the furry mm -hmm. fandom. Do you feel like that that those things um, cause a disconnect when when they actually get to that particular? particular act because the reason why i'm bringing this up is because i have a um a furry kink community and sometimes I i'm finding that a lot of people and maybe it's more or less because i'm in in utah and everybody here is pretty much innocent um <laughs> so i what i'm saying is when i have these little events that happen quite literally it's like it's almost like asking a girl to, to dance on the floor. Everybody's like on the sides, kind of just like kind of mingling and just kind of talking, but they're not, there's not really much, um, much that's going on. If that, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. It's like, nobody knows what to do. It's kind of, but at the same time, it, I, I'm kind of bringing it up unfair, um, conversation or situation because it's like maybe it's their very first time going to a kink party and and it's a little bit of a different situation than an intimate setting being one-on-one -on -one with a with a person I totally understand that but I guess what I'm trying to figure out is is the furry community um is is all of our sexual fantasies that we're seeing online and um you know filling all this not safe for work fantasies in our head and role playing is that affecting our ability to have these physical connections with our our fellow first you want to go first Adam? um i might have a little bit to contribute on that i so i know actually some people um i can i'm not going to go out and name names but i i definitely know one individual off the top of my head who has sort of sort of this um this kind of self-loathing but only for like the human self because they're he's like very very um what's the word i'm looking for like mired in all the fantasy 
Um, and and if he's one of those people that like absolutely, if if given the opportunity to become his persona, would would absolutely like without question jump into it. Um, like he spends so much time at every con he goes to, like suiting like as much as he can, practically to exhaustion, um, just to sort of maintain that that like fantasy persona. Um, that I I totally I I realize 100 percent that exists, and there are some people who are definitely affected by that. Myself personally, um, I can't say that I am. Um, it I I mean I okay I like porn a lot. Who who doesn't? Um, well, porn. some people don't. Sure, but <laughs> porn is great. Um, I wanted to actually make a very <laughs> uh, a quick quip about porn in that porn I feel like can be a really good social medium actually. Um, I it, pertaining to me personally, I like coming across someone who actually will like to like browse porn together. It's actually really interesting um, because if you're going through like someone's collection and and you see some of the stuff they're into, it gives you it paints a really good picture of of like what they like um, based on just like well, that can be a very intimacy saved. building moment. Yeah, it too. does, and it, and it can absolutely lead to just like at some point you have to just like sh- shove them into bed and go for it, or maybe it, 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 it's. <laughs> I mean, porn's great for that. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a social lubricant in the same way that I I call board games a social lubricant in that it can it gives you something to relate to a person and it let it's. It's not just you. You two. It's not just two people in a room trying to figure out how to talk to each other. You've got a. Uh, you've got an a, a outside source that is a connection, something you can talk about, and that helps. It, it gets. It builds. It helps build you up to each other. I. I would. Sorry, do you want no, me to jump it. in here? Or. Right. Um, I tend to think about porn and the research on it. Uh, like with a lot of media, it's it's a tool. Right, you can use a hammer to build a house, or you can use a hammer to tear down a wall. And I think that pornography, like a lot of media, is sort of the same thing. It's it's less to do with uh, black and white, is it good or bad, and more to do with well, how are you using it, uh, to what extent, to what ends. Um, I think that it can absolutely be beneficial in a relationship for things like sparking new ideas, for uh, intimacy building. Like you, you mentioned the idea of sharing your 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 porn collection with someone else. What what bigger, you know, we talked about sharing an embarrassing moment and putting yourself out there. But what bigger sort of putting yourself out there moment is there than having someone go through your porn collection and you're silently thinking, oh, gosh, what if they think I'm a freak? What if they think I'm a weirdo? Um, that can be an incredibly intimacy-building moment when you discover that, hey, you have a lot of common interests. Um, it can sometimes be used in things like sex therapy to help people who may have arousal problems or who may have difficulty sort of um, getting into to a mindset, getting ready for sex. But on the flip side, it can also have uh, a lot of bad effects as well. So things like um, desensitization. Right, so there is research showing, for example, that when you show people over and over and over again pictures of supermodels and um, you know better, you know, uh, photoshopped better than 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 perfect looking attractive people, um, they become less attracted to their spouses. They become less attractive to average, uh, less attracted to average people as a result of that. So you can certainly get that sort of hedonic treadmill effect where when you've had the you know better and better and better than life, life can sometimes seem kind of kind of bland. You can also get escapism effects or, you know, people who are substituting uh, a social life or, or a, a, a sex life with just porn. And again, if it's not causing you distress, that's not a big deal. But for some people, 
um, rather than working on social skills or, or you know, maybe they want uh, an active sex life, but um, porn is like a bandaid for it, right? It's 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 avoids the need to confront. Maybe you need to put in a little bit of work to, towards brushing up on your social skills or put in the, the legwork to find people. Uh, instead, you're just going to to look at porn and kind of cover up that bandaid and not actually fulfill the 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 wants that you have so it's less about is it all good or bad and more about well why are you using it to what extent are you using it is it causing problems in your life um those are, are the more important questions to ask i think no i don't need a new sponsor this sponsored minute of 50 sheds of gray is brought by fat fingers who hit the stop button before we got done with the last one stop buttons don't press the damn thing lord anyway where were we before we got so weirdly interrupted chapter 17 yahweh makes the same deal with abram again when abram was 90 years old yahweh appeared to him and said i'm gonna get you laid i am el shadadadada el shadate ah shada shada mountain god really mountain god Ooh. So this is, must be God's fursona, post-fursona. There we go. Behave yourself, and I'll give you many descendants, said Mountain God. She's my Mountain God. Abram bowed to the ground. God changes Abram's name to Abraham and makes the guy's skin their... I can't even, the good place, do that one. I need something for that one to try to come up. Skin their... Wind chimes. There you go. And 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 God, because suddenly he is God, not Yahweh or El Shaddai or any of his other post personas, said to him, I'm changing your name to Abraham because you will father many nations. Your sons will be kings and I'll be your God and their God and I'll give you Canaan forever. All you guys have to do is skin your wind chimes and your newborn boy's wind chimes when they're eight days old. And this applies to your slaves as well. Any guy without a skinned wind chime is out of the club. What? You heard me. God just made Abraham patriarch of the Judeo-Christian Muslim world and gave him Canaan and promised to be their God. And all he wants for these guys is to skin their wind chimes. I understand you're dumbfounded, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Then God added, as for your wife, Sari, I'm changing her name to Sarah, and I'll give her a son, and she'll be the mother of kings and nations. Abraham bowed low and laughed, thinking, I'm a hundred years old, Sarah's 90, and we're going to have a son. What type of nonsense is this? But he replied, just to appease God, it's okay, I have Ishmael, it's enough. But God was rolling. No, Sarah will give you a boy named Isaac, and I'll be his God, and both he and Ishmael will father great nations, and all you guys have got to do is skin your wind chimes. Well, all right. At age 99, because this is a great idea, Abraham skinned his wind chime, then Ishmael's, and then he skinned the wind chimes of all his men, including his slaves. And I know what you're thinking. Abraham, 
the patriarch of the Judeo-Christian Muslim world had slaves? <laughs> yep. The Bible is fine with slavery. It's accepted as normal, completely acceptable aspect of life, and never, I mean, no one in the Bible, not God, not Abraham, not Moses, not even Jesus, even once condemns it. Get used to it, but skid in wind chimes. That's cost of entry, baby. Anything, anything that you have, I'm Mr. Tugs? Tell us about your porn collection. I love porn. Um, it's, How big it's, is it? It's pretty respectable. I mean, I've got a pretty unique set of porn. The thing about it is, um, <laughs> that's really a better topic for another episode if we want to reveal. It it definitely is, but I did feel like that that porn itself is. And the fantasy aspect aspect definitely connects to how we connect oh, yeah. together. So in we, the need furry to, we need community. to get in this last email. Um, so yes, but do we want, do have do an additional email. So okay. I'll I'll go ahead and read it. It's Mafalme's email. <gasps> Hello, Rue, Tugs, Voss, and possible guests. Mafalme Lion here once again with an interesting point of view on sex and connection. As someone who has sexual reproduction, re reproductive or organs that does not match my identity, I find sex extremely hard to have. Since being engaged and dating my current partner, I have found sex to be more enjoyable because he makes me feel comfortable about my equipment so to say because of this i find that we are connected really deeply and i know that he cares about me my question to you guys is if you had the opposite gender genitals um would you guys still feel comfortable with sex thanks for reading this email i hope you guys have a have a great rest of the season. So I guess because I read the Yikes. email. <laughs> um, first up, I mean, so, what would you do if you had a penis? I I don't know. What would you do I if you had a penis? I can't necessarily. Was that? <laughs> oh, thanks, Tex. thanks. You Tex. are a twelve-year-old girl. No, I mean, I'm not going to be the first responder here. <laughs> Uh, people are still guessing what my gender is. Um, keep keep them guessing. Yeah, I'll keep them guessing. No, um, I guess I could de look. So, I do have uh, I do have an individual that I've been um, I have a sexual connection with, and he has a play partner. Yes, and he has. Um, he, he has a vagina and that's something that I know it that, that he's also going through as well and and he's been on this um, particular show and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share exactly who that is but um, I, I had a point I, to I'm all guessing this. you were gonna say and something I, it just went out that the you were you're comfortable but I understand you that it's because you was that? You've got experience with it 
Is that is that what you were going to say? I'm guessing. Yeah, well, okay, sure. We'll go with that answer. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if, whether or not that I would be comfortable because I'm not in that position. Is that a fair fair one to say? Because I have, I'm not in Mephalme's shoes. So I, I feel like it would be unfair for me to be able to state how I would, how I would feel because I, I, unfortunately I can't empathize with it because I, I'm not in that particular, I'm not in that situation. However, I can empathize and say that there's other things that um, maybe I feel like um, I like I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll throw this out as an example because I don't have testosterone or my body hasn't been producing testosterone I look like a little boy that that's a difficult thing for me so I can speak to speak to that where I can understand somewhat but I, I I'll never fair, be in fair. your shoes so that's not much of an answer. I apologize, but um, no, I, I think that was still a good take. <laughs> uh, I think you still did it. I it, you may not think it was much of an answer. That was still a good answer. Thank you. Yeah, what, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead, Adler. What What would you guys uh, respond to that? That is, it's very hard to say. Um, obviously, you can't you can't know for sure um, unless until it would happen. Um, I I would like to think that I would be entirely into it. Um, you know, obviously there's some great fantasy material there, obviously. Um, and the, we furries, obviously we like fantasy a lot. It's kind of what we are. Um, Definitely transformation. Yeah, basically amazing. like waking up one day being different and having like this, uh, this alternate set of equipment to play with. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that I would call in sick that day and be, and be busy all day exploring <laughs> myself. <laughs> I would be right there um, with you. I would do the I, same. I feel thing. like there, in in reality, there'd probably be some like some stages of grief or loss going on. There, there'd be some emasculation for sure. Like, oh god, what I'm I'm missing some things here. I'm I am not myself. But at, at some point, I get over it and just be like, I, I have some I have some exploring to do. I got, I got, I, this is something I fantasized about. Like, what would it feel like? Now I get to know what it feels like. Um, it would, I, I, that's what I like to think how it would go. That's fair. I think I would kind of also fall into that a little bit where like, I, I don't think I could, I don't know. I, I would have to deal with it. I would, you know, it is what it is, right? I would, I would mourn and then I would move on, you know, because it's a different thing and I need to see some stuff. Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to check out what's going on here. I guess what you've learned is that males love their penises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's 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 a. I mean, it's true. Um, I think actually, I, I technically dodged the answer because I think the the question at the root was was would you would you do anything? Would you actually have sex with anyone else? Right? Like, would you open this up to other people? Let's see. The question is: is my my question to you guys is. If you had the opposite gender gen genitals, would you guys still feel comfortable with sex? I would. I would. It would. It would. It would be an adjustment period for sure. If if 
at the very least, I would pick out a select few people who would who I can trust would be like supportive of me no matter what happened. Like I could I could lose all my limbs and these people would still be with me to the bitter end. Um, like people I would trust my life to. Um, like there are some people I would depend on that would that I know would not like ridicule me or anything, and they if anything they would be potentially interested and and willing to help me explore like. I would have sex with some people with 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 the opposite gender equipment for sure. There you have it. I'm, I'm assuming Nuka that you have nothing to add. <laughs> um, I guess the only thing I would add is making sure we don't conflate sex and gender in terminology. There. Um, Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, but I, I guess beyond that, if you, uh, I, I'm going to largely mirror what uh, what Ruth said. Um, it really is hard to know. I guess one has to separate the occasional fantasy of what would it be like if I had a vagina or if I had breasts or, uh, which is very different from, you know, what, it, what is my, my gender identity and is it matching what my, my body looks like? And I, I can't imagine that, like, like Bru kind of said, it, it's really hard to imagine what that feeling is like until you've experienced something like dysphoria. I can't put myself in those shoes. I can't know how I would respond. Um, I mean, the closest I can get to that, I can't even speak to, to, to Rue's experience. The closest I get to that is I'm, I'm not really very happy with my, uh, my weight and physical appearance. And sometimes that can be off-putting and can make it difficult uh, to feel attractive or to feel like I want to, to do anything physical. So if I'm feeling that from something as simple as, as you know, being a, a few pounds heavier than I'd like, I can't even fathom um, what's what you know full-blown dysphoria must be like as an experience and so without sort of being there it's really hard to know so but i think it's fair to say that all of us have something about our bodies that we're not happy about your third nipple (laughs) your thanks (laughs) (laughs) oh my body yeah my fat rolls my body rolls. Right. <laughs> Your body rolls. Yeah, definitely. What? Um, I can't hear you very what? well, Mr. Tugs. <laughs> okay. Huh? huh? There you go. Now you're back. <laughs> I'm gonna turn my hearing well, aid up. Hold on. Completely completely derailed but this is our time for final thoughts so anything that that you haven't had an opportunity to share anything else Those that you want to share to formulate, about, about sex and connection so the whole thing about sex and connection okay go ahead has been one this has been a great discussion and you know there's a lot of a spectrum of in terms of where these intersect and what levels and so forth uh, but i think the thing that i learned the most is that we got to be better about communicating. Like you might feel shame about how you want to have intimacy and sex in whatever in your life. And you, you got to just, you got to own it. You got to say, Hey, look, this is what I'm looking for. And honestly, you would want it too. I like to know what someone's agenda is. And I think that we could all just be a little bit more honest with each other about it. And it would make things a lot healthier. So 
<laughs> my final thoughts going to be kind of weird, but it's going somewhere. So my last kink party that we had actually that happened um, over this past weekend, it, it was a luau party. But what we did is um, to be able to help people um, connect or hook up a little bit more. Um, it basic basically they would put on different lays like what who are they interested in? They would put in like they would put on a blue lay if they were interested in men or a rainbow lay to to say that they were interested in in any gender or you know a pink one for don't worry we'll give you I, a I, I that I'm that I'm be screwed at that party <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that yeah that would be really bad for you wouldn't it <laughs> you'd like go up game. to somebody and they'd be like hey I see that you have a a green lay that means you're you're ready to go and you want to do something anyways uh, it, it's a segue off of what tugs is saying um you guys don't necessarily need to have a color code or whatever to necessarily um say like what you're into or you know have your f list displayed to everybody like just connect with people talk to them like go up to them and 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 just build that connection and, we all get um, lady boners and men boners. And yeah, Just fucking I, I don't deal know. I don't it. really Talk have anything to else to say. There you go. <laughs> all right. Ad Adelore. There you go. What else do you guys have? Um, what final thoughts do you guys uh, have? I'm not sure I have a much for final thoughts. Um, I I guess I could add on to the uh, uh, to Ruse a little bit. Um, organic discovery is fantastic. Um Yes, there's a lot of value in in having the F list. I will throw it at people when I can tell that it's that it's that they don't know. They're not going to ask the right questions and and try to figure me out or really get to know me in an organic way. But some people are really good at it, and that in itself is can be an amazing experience. Like getting to know someone. Um, again, personal experience here. Uh, getting to know someone sexually can be its own extremely fulfilling um, experience. Um, to like get it like inter interacting with someone for the first time um, regardless of whether it's my first day talking to them or I've known them for like years but we're now really digging into like the sexual aspects and, and, and divulging like dirty secrets and whatnot it's uh, that gets me going like just having sexual conversation is is immensely satisfying in its own right um, and to build on uh, on communication like 2019 we we humans we have communication problems and and sex is absolutely uh is absolutely included like even even, even not getting into the uh, social like taboo and whatnot it's just people just gotta learn how to talk about sex more because it's it's fantastic it should just be it should I, I don't want to say commonplace is a bad word for it, but there's some kind of similar word that I feel like it just, it should just be accepted and just good. Like just open up and let slip a little bit of juicy information here and there and see if you make a few friends over it and maybe have some fun with them. All right, Nuka. Nuka. Guess, guess that breaks me. Um, it's going to mirror a lot, a lot of what, uh, what Tuggies has been saying. Um, a, a little knowledge goes a long way. I think we, we have a lot of misconceptions about sexuality in our society. 
there's this assumption people have of of normal sex and and the, the dirty little secret about sex is that there is no such thing as normal sex um there's this this belief that anything that's not you know uh penis and vagina heterosexual sex for the purpose of procreation within the context of a marriage is the only way to have sex and anything else from that is deviant and abnormal and unnatural and that's just that's just not the case for humans um and i think insofar as we're in a society where that's treated as 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 default and everything is deviant from that people are going to have problems communicating about sex people are going to have these concerns about wow am i a freak am i a weirdo um look at the numbers for things like bdsm and more people are uh, are into or have tried or curious about bdsm than are not and yet it's still treated as this this taboo, this this thing we don't talk about, this abnormal, unusual thing. Um, so I think that, yeah, insofar as as we learn a little bit more about sex and, and you know, lift the, the curtain, so to speak, and realize that, hey, this this thing that we call normal sex is is kind of an illusion. Uh, once you get past that, I think it will facilitate communication about sex and ultimately lead to better supposed to look for better, um, outcomes better sex time. better relationships better connections between people <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i guess i guess if you're into that sort of thing oh yeah all right better 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 button. communications better outcomes better pizza <laughs> i think that's how it goes it's... have you commented on the site yet it's time to be reminded in housekeeping I need to redo this bumper so bad, Rue. <laughs> Some... That's not country music, that's yes, Motel 6! someday. Especially with the this best country thing. music. Why? This is the Motel 6, I was about to say. Ah, oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> <sighs> hey, you guys didn't know what the Chips Ahoy thing. You know how thing. hard it was to find You, you can't improve on perfection. <laughs> hard. It, it's it's a weird. That thing. seems surprising. People with like that seems really pretty, surprising. Probably pretty music on their violin. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> buzz cuts. Um. Yeah. Do, well, so like, what do, do we have in the mailbag? We want to thank our supporting cast. Okay. We want to thank Firebreath for doing the lines. We want to thank <laughs> Voss for making me edit this episode. And I'm just kidding. I shouldn't throw shade. He's a great guy and he does a good job. I know. I know. You do the thing now. Voss is moving. That's why he's not here today. Oh, make sure that you comment on the site. It makes it so that we look like the, we, you know, the, we that are we have on an social media. We are on do it. We are on the Book of Faces. Do it. Oh, Spew and it. as a new announcement, we are now on Spotify. <laughs> what? No way. Type How for what you, it's worth that's into so your Spotify cool. How player, do I and it will to find us. On us. Spotify, Thumbs Dugs. up, everybody! <laughs> Slow down, Point Dexter. Oh my goodness, Tugs! I just found <laughs> us on Spotify. I'm listening to myself Rue, right now. Stop it! Get some help. <laughs> Yes, oh, two out. times. So good. That's my so record. Uh, yes. <laughs> telegram, listen to us. I mean, not listen. <laughs> Come to our Telegram group. Uh, we now have a. Uh, well, we'll we're working on getting get up a it. Telegram channel. 
Um, we'll, if you we'll like the show, Telegram. that soon. Yep. Didn't, eventually. Didn't you the, say Telegram a group like a couple months ago? Link discussion like channels group to groups or channel or discussion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So because some people might just want to hear what's oh, up. Oh, okay. We don't have okay. to um, lock cool. it. You can be whatever age and be in that. Um, that's okay. One day you will. Um, tell a friend if I don't you know like what the any show of those things are. because we don't want to spend our precious, precious money <laughs> that we get from our Patronuses on that. So tell them so we don't have to pay for ads. No, oh, I have the cast announcement. Do you want the cast announcement? All right. I, Rue doesn't even know us. We have. Go ahead. Would you just what just, is this just another relax. thing that like so you didn't tell me? <laughs> we have long in our show's history. Okay, okay, okay. Had I'll, I'll, go ahead. A very strong stance of being uh, avoidant of politics. We just want to present facts here as much as we can and experiences without any kind of an agenda. So it's been a really hard thing for us to be out there and see all these political things that people ask us to comment on that we don't. So. In order to finally address that need, we are bringing in someone to discuss politics. So from this episode forward, we will have Mr. Mime doing all of our political commentary. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. Did, were you having a heart attack? Please play that on yourself. Oh my god. Guests. Guests, please plug yourselves. <laughs> What's going on in your guys' life? Tell us about how they can, um, if, if they one of our listeners has a question or a comment that they want to send to you, how can they reach, to, reach out to you? Um, anything else that you would like to plug? Any research or um, any surveys that you need filled out? This would be the I, time are you, to aren't you doing that survey? Of Lord, tell everyone I, about your surveys. Uh, <laughs> No, I don't. When know. was I, I doing that? Was that back in like get, help them get erect, and then you'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just send them home. <laughs> like, all right, thanks for going. Thanks for contributing to science. <laughs> uh, no, I'm definitely not science. conducting any any surveys at this moment. Thank you for allowing <laughs> me the opportunity to uh, to plug them. However, um, <laughs> if you if you want to for some crazy reason message me um you can find me on telegram at adler um uh, my twitter is at adler 18 um i'm the 18 is because i made it when i was 18 no actually no i didn't make the twitter when i was 18 i made the the email address when i was 18 um which was back when it was yahoo and i kept the username since then because it just kind of stuck um even though i'm like almost twice that age now um, but yeah, at LR18 on Twitter, it, it, it is a <laughs> entirely lewd Twitter, so do so only within legal jurisdiction of the internet. But yeah, if you, if you have want to talk to me, just find me. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I might, I might be like, who are you and what are you doing in my, in my messages? Because that's generally how I react when I get a message out of the blue. But if you preface, if you just like lead out with like, Hey, I heard you on the, on the show. And I just want to talk about something or ask you questions about that'll, that'll break the ice. And I'll be like, yeah, cool. Go for it. So, by all means. Awesome. Nuka. Uh, I've heard of Twitter, but I don't have one uh, because I'm old and cranky. Uh, if you want to know what I'm doing, uh, go to fursscience.com. That's where our, our book is available there about furries. It's there for free. 
download it, read it, win internet arguments. Uh, all of our ongoing surveys, we are doing an ongoing survey right now. So please, if you haven't done it, go check it out there. Um, also, the book that I wrote about bronies is available on sale at Amazon. It's called Meet the Bronies, the Psychology of the Adult My Little Pony Fandom. Uh, I don't make a cent off of it if you buy it, so I'm pimping it solely because I do believe that the world becomes better when research is out there. So please uh, go out there, check it out. And Damn, I feel like we're like yeah, legitly hosting don't know celebrities. Want to get in touch with me? So yeah, like oh man, <laughs> I I I, 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 I took like ten plugs. times the, the time <laughs> it should have taken to plug my Telegram <laughs> and my Twitter. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have like 700 followers. That's not even that much. Most of them are probably All right, like Rue, not what's even our next Twitter episode? right now. <laughs> I have six. I'm just kidding. So, all right. So the next episode, we're going to be talking about um, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. So everyone has everybody has that. Now we're going to be talking specifically about AIDS. And we have somebody that's going to be coming in from an organization called Mr. Friendly um, Team Utah. And uh, basically, this particular team, um, it's a campaign to help reduce the stigma of HIV. Uh, one conversation at a time, Mr. Friendly Utah Team Utah participates in various community events, um, just basically all around Utah. So... Um, please, if you have any questions about AIDS in particular, if you have AIDS or if you, a friend of yours has AIDS or if you have a question about AIDS in particular, please feel free to send that in and we'll go ahead and have this uh, special right. guest read That's those it. emails. That's right. Anything? Anything <laughs> no, to add, Mr. Go. Tugs? Get out of here. <laughs> Do the thing. Oh my. Ah. This is Tugs. Okay. Oh my god, go. Well, this has been this is Rue. I'm gonna go make a sandwich. <laughs> I'm gonna go pee. I didn't want to pee during the break. The All right, this alive. has been for what it's worth. <laughs> for what it's what worth. worth. Oh my gosh, this is so. Good.